Good morning, folks. Wow. I must say, I love that song. I felt like I needed to pray and not just speak. So, Lord, thank you that you're such a good provider, Lord. And, Lord, I want to thank you. The Lord, you say that your mercies are new every morning, Lord. Lord, in, in Bible days, Lord, you provided manna every single day, Lord. You say that man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So, Lord, we pray for manna, Lord. Your word, that your word would just minister to us this morning, Lord. That your word would nourish our souls, nourish our spirits, transform our minds, Lord. Change our lives, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that your sheep hear your voice, Lord. Thank you that you're a good shepherd, Lord. And according to Psalm 23, Lord, if you are a good shepherd, we shall not want, Lord. We shall not want, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sure. I'm feeling like this light is hot this morning. Amu, did you also feel this light was... <laughs> Somebody turned up the heat on this light over here. Folks, so good to be with you this morning. Welcome to church. And um, if you didn't realize it, it's Valentine's Day tomorrow. Tomorrow is the 14th. And I think we can give a shout out to Babalwa, who cut out 10,000 little hearts and put them all over the walls on Friday. Um, I think she did such a good job. And um, we are we're going to, we, we're going to be touching on this theme, but... But I can't say it's, it's specifically designed as a Valentine's message. But I do want to say, you know, folks, Valentine's Day, the history of Valentine's Day is, is such a thoroughly Christian heritage. It's gone off the rails and it's become all kinds of funny things. But the history of Valentine's Day, there was a guy called Valentine who was a Christian. He was a minister in Rome and he specifically had a passion to minister to the Christians who were persecuted. Now, folks, those days, if you weren't persecuted, it meant that you were physically harmed and maimed in unspeakable ways. And this guy ministered to the persecuted Christians and particularly went into the jails where they were awaiting to be thrown to the, to the animals in the, in the, in the arena, etc. And eventually, because of, um, you know... He, Everybody knew what he was doing, and, and being a Christian was kind of not, not seen as a great thing by the authorities. He was chucked in jail. And when he was in jail, he found out that the jailer's daughter was blind. And he asked if he could pray for the jailer's daughter. And he prayed for this girl, and she received her sight. Her eyes opened. And that's why he was made a saint in the Catholic Church. If there's any signs of supernatural miracles around your life, you get declared a saint. And also, he got martyred in the end. But it was, it's actually recognized in the Anglican Church as a, a day. And something happened in the 1600s where it became all about love. Uh, the, I try to do research. Historians can't figure out how how it became this love thing and, you know, pictures of little fat angels with shooting, shooting hearts and things. I, I don't know how that came in. But, but it's thoroughly a Christian celebration. And so, 
I know we've got hearts around, etc. And that's kind of become a symbol. But I want to submit to you also, don't you think that if it's about love, that kind of we also, that's our turf, that's our zone. Uh, and, and I'm going to unpack that. And so we're going to go in the zone, but I have, it's, not, it's not specifically about that. And I want to bounce off what we shared last week. Last week, I, um, Cynthia, you could actually start with that first slide. I put it up there just so that people can, uh, you know, when I start talking before I get into it. Have you got it there? Um, I'll wait for you to get going. But last week we spoke about how Jesus changes lives. And in particular, you can go to the next slide. We looked at this one. Um, oh, sorry, I forgot about that was over there. Men's Connect group as well. Okay, ladies, um, I just wanted to say that, that the Gens Connect group started last week, by the way. Okay, so, so the Gens are definitely leading the way over here. <laughs> but what happened to the Men's Connect group? Sorry, Cynthia. Sorry. I was just referring to that because it came up first. Sorry. Um, so the Men's Connect group uh, is Tuesdays. Oh, that date is wrong. That was last Tuesday when we started. But Tuesday, right here at church. Um, some, one of the ladies kind of requested if the lady, ladies could maybe meet at church. But uh, anyway, gents, don't worry. It was an arm wrestle. But I just want to say the guys won. The guys are still at church. The ladies are going somewhere else now. I won't say who that person was trying to arm wrestle me. But uh, I prevailed. And so the gents are still at church. We've not been booted out of church yet. Okay? But I'll have to go to the gym because I can feel it's going to be an arm wrestle. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So on the next slide. Thanks. On the next slide. I put up this, this little picture last week and I explained it. And remember I said, can you see that in the middle of the word revolution is the word love? And uh, we, you don't actually get reverse letters like that. I had to really McGafter it, by the way, um, to get it like that. But that circle, the circle that's found in our logo, it's a reverse circle. It's counterclockwise. It's literally known as a, the love revolution circle. Folks, because a love revolution is really what the kingdom of God is about, but it's countercultural. Revolution, in most people, if you speak about revolution, it's violence. It's an armed overthrow of the establishment through violence and anarchy, etc. What we are doing is, we also want to change the world, but it's countercultural. It's opposite to a conventional concept of a revolution. And so, I wanted to put that up there because we were talking about change last week and how God changes lives, etc. But... Central to that is the word love. And hey, look at the hearts. You know what Valentine's Day has come to symbolize today. And I actually, I actually want to bounce off this. And how are we going to do this? I want to look at that quote I put up last week by Roland Baker. And so Roland Baker is Heidi Baker's husband. Cynthia, you can change it. Uh, oh, sorry, this scripture. Sorry, man, I forgot. I put this scripture. I just wanted to say... The reason we are here as the church of Jesus Christ is because of this. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. That is widely recognized as the most well-known scripture in the Bible. And I think it's so significant. The reason we are here, this church is here, is because God loved the world, folks. Not just us, 
We are here, let me, I want to submit you, because he loves Peter Maritzburg. He loves Scottsville. He loves our campus. And Jesus came primarily because of love. The love of the Father. The Father longed and yearned for relationship with you, for intimacy with you. And so Jesus said, I will go to remove every hindrance that would prevent your sons and daughters that were created in your image from having unfettered relationship with you. I will make a way. It is incredible. So fundamentally, folks, if we're going to talk about love, I just want to say, we, that's our territory. That's our zone as the church of Jesus Christ. We are here because God loved us. And He loved us first. Amen. And He's poured that love in our hearts. And so we say, we are here to love our neighborhoods, to love our campus, to love our friends and family. Amen. And love is always and has to be our supreme motivation. When we say we're passionate about Him and people, I want to submit to you, Passion today has become a word synonymous with love. Amen. For God so loved the world that He gave. Amen. And so that is, I, I remember just there was a poster when I was, when I was younger. And it was a picture of, of like the cross and nails. And I can't remember exactly what it, but this, what, this, what it said was this. It was not nails that kept Jesus on the cross. It was His love for you and me. It was His love for you and me. So I want to put that right down as the foundation. It's God's love that got this going. And it's God's love that's going to sustain this beautiful, beautiful um, bride of Christ, which is, which is His church. So Roland Bakers, I put this quote up. Uh, he, he posted this and he said, A friend sent this to me a few days ago. Sat with Jesus this morning. He showed me that although there may be a moment in time when we gave our lives to Him, that's not what pleases Him most. What pleases Him above all else is a heart that says yes to Him daily. Remember we were talking about the four things that, that God used to change our lives. The Word of God, Holy Spirit, godly people and godly commitments. And I was unpacking what is a godly commitment. Here's an example of what a godly commitment is. A godly commitment is saying yes to your yes every day after you've said the first yes. When I said yes in 1993 to Jenny, when the pastor asked me, <laughs> you know, will you take uh, this bride, Jennifer Tress Freshman, to be your wife, to love and to hold from this day forth until death alone parts you. I said I do. I said a yes. And the commitment is that I say that yes every day after I've said the first yes. That's what commitment is. And that changes lives. And that's what he's saying over here. Look what he says. It's a yes to intimacy with him rather than a love for the things of this world. It's a yes to fixing our gaze onto Him when a thousand other things clamor for our attention. It's saying yes to Jesus daily is the key to unlocking a yearning that leads to breathtaking freedom, romance, passion, and most importantly of all, brings joy 
to the one who is the soul's ultimate desire. Yes, Jesus. You know, it's one of those quotes that you read, and the first time you read it, some things jump out. You say, wow, that was good. Did you see that? And you read it again, and then a couple of other things jump out, and you're like, whoo. So last week, we picked up on a few points. I'm not going to repeat them. What I've circled on that screen is the points I want to pick up this morning. I want to pick up the first circle I've said, yes to intimacy with Him. And that is what the Lord has just been speaking to me about. Now really, that's, that's where we're going to go this morning. Beginning of this year, when I was praying and saying, Lord, what do you, what do you have for us this year? And I personally sensed the Lord saying, deeper relationships. Deeper relationships. And that means with Him and with people God has brought into our lives that we are to walk with. And when, when the Lord spoke that, I had kind of forgotten that we, are, we had planned last year to do a series in March entitled Healthy Relationships. We'll come to that. I've actually got a slide later somewhere. But we're planning this in March. And quite often we have kind of around this time, you know, Valentine's Day, done something on relationships in years gone past. We failed to do it in March for a number of reasons. But yes to intimacy with Him rather than a love for the things of this world. And the other thing I've highlighted is yeah, saying yes to Jesus is the key to unlocking a yearning that leads to breathtaking freedom, romance and passion. Folks, Valentine's Day, for so many, oh man, I, I don't know about you, when, when I was at, at school, it was not my favorite day of the year. We had this crazy thing, and I know you guys probably don't have it today anymore, where people want to send Valentine's messages to everybody who they just vaguely sort of once thought looked a little bit cute or cuddly or handsome or whatever. And it's this great tension that we used to experience at school is, am I going to get a note? Who am I going to get a note from? Is she going to send me a note? Oh goodness, I hope she doesn't send me a note. <laughs> you know what it's like? There's so many tensions, like positive and negative, around this whole Valentine's Day thing. But I want to say emphatically, folks, if I'd known the Lord, I, I wouldn't have stressed so much about Valentine's Day. Because being secure in His love, romance and passion, folks, is what we can and should experience in our relationship with the Lord. If this is something new to you, you may just get, get kind of challenged this morning because I want to go there. I want to say, you don't have to be secure if you haven't got a Valentine tomorrow. Because if you've surrendered your life to Jesus, folks, you have the greatest Valentine the world has ever known. And we're going to unpack this. So, on the next slide, this is actually my title for this morning. Intimacy, okay? Sorry, it's one word, not too fancy, but it is such a powerful word. It's such a powerful word. And I just want to, on the next slide, remember I said in March, we're going to be looking at healthy relationships. And I just want to say up front, it's not just romantic relationships. Relationships affect every aspect of our lives, okay? And so, yes, we will touch, obviously, on romantic 
relationships, but we are looking at healthy relationships in March and uh, really looking forward to that. But I want to look at intimacy. So what I've done on the next slide is I've tried to work on a definition. It's so interesting. It's, you know, quite often when you look for, like, what, how, what does a, mean, a word mean, you know, if you look at various dictionaries, there's, you can get consensus quite quickly. I actually struggled with this one to find, because it was so varied, it was quite hard to kind of condense it down to something that, was, that, that I felt was, was, was in the zone. And so this is how uh, one of the, it's, it's, it's a condensation of some definitions. Intimacy is found in close, loving relationships with mutual vulnerability, openness, and sharing. And those last three words, folks, can be scary words. Vulnerability, openness, and sharing. This is where we should be finding intimacy. And if you know the Lord, it's like, well, of course that's what I get from God. That's, for some of us, for some of you, this is, this is like, this is a no-brainer. For some of you, it's like, sure, <laughs> can I put my big toe in that pool and what's it going to be like? I want to assure you, it is amazing. The word intimacy is derived from the Latin word intimus, which means inner or innermost. Do you see all the ends in that little uh, sentence right over there? Do you kind of, you know, just with the word in, I believe actually gives us a lot of insight regarding what is intimacy. Folks, the word in is, is a space that you venture from one place to another. A door would allow you in or keep you out. And so intimacy is allowing somebody else into your inner world, because that's what it speaks, your inner space. Does it sometimes make us feel vulnerable? Absolutely. Does it require openness? For sure. Does it require mutual? Remember in the beginning there's mutual sharing? Absolutely. Is that scary if you don't really know somebody? Definitely. And so I want to say up front, intimacy takes time to build. And it is unhealthy and unnatural for you to push into levels of intimacy when you haven't built the trust in that relationship. We've been, um, <laughs> we've been um, Jen and I, you know, over the years, often often counseled people regarding romantic relationships on various realms, before married, after marriage, etc. And, and I was just thinking of one time we were talking with a young person who was in that space of, you know, does this person like me? You know, is, is there something? And so they're building friendship with this person, but it's how much do you share should we go there? We, we don't know where this relationship will go. We're not officially going out or dating. It's in that gray zone of pre-dating and, you know, is this... And, and, and one of the things we, we, we just were struck by was how vulnerable 
this young person felt because there wasn't commitment and there wasn't the, the foundation of trust that comes with commitment, etc. And it was this difficult gray zone where you sharing yourself and you, you know, you're putting yourself out there kind of like, you know, you know, you message kind of, you know, you're doing anything this weekend, you know, and you're kind of like, well, what do they say? You know, if they say they're very busy, that means they're not into me, you know. If they say, no, I'd love to see you this weekend, oh, you know, they're into me. And, I, and what I love about this, this little word in, somebody, somebody, I heard this years ago, they said, intimacy means that you are into me, you see. I'm saying that about my wife. Did you notice? I pointed at her. <laughs> Intimacy means you are into me, you see. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just making sure. Okay, I was looking at her, not at the camera. Okay. <laughs> but this little, I, I just believe understanding this, that it's about permission and trust to getting into somebody's life and there's levels of, of intimacy that, that, that we can look at and we're going to look at. I love this little statement. Being intimate involves the mixing of our life with another's. A mingling of souls. A sharing of hearts. This is something we all long for because it's how God made us. We were designed to connect. We designed connect. You know, I particularly underline that because... In line with us sensing this year is deeper relationships. We really are saying, Lord, we need to get more spaces for people to connect. And connect groups are happening, etc. You would have noticed, uh, etc. Because we recognize disconnection happened at an unhealthy level in the last two years with lockdowns and pandemics, etc. And we need to make an effort to create spaces for people to connect and grow in God, and be discipled, etc. But you were created to connect. You were created to connect. So just look at this. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ, there's that in word again, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You know, so many people love the scripture, and oh, He's blessed me with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. But it's in Christ. Folks, it is unlocked in that space of being in Christ. Of being intimate with Christ. There are heavenly treasures that are, get unlocked. That, you know, there's, there's treasures of intimacy that I can't explain to you. It's, 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 you know, it's nearly, it'll be irreverent to explain some of the delights of intimacy. It's, it's the same thing of, and one of the realms we're going to look at, is sexual intimacy. There's realms of knowing another person in sexual intimacy that would just be inappropriate ever to be able to tell anybody else. It's just inappropriate. And I just want to say there's levels of delight of intimacy with God that it's, it's hard with a human language that I'm using, English, which only has like 78,000 words. To explain the delights of being into Jesus. It's, it's just phenomenal. 
in Christ. Next slide. I want to highlight six types of intimacy. And I'm just putting them all up there. I'm going to read them and then unpack them. Because, so we have emotional intimacy, physical intimacy, sexual intimacy, intellectual intimacy, experiential intimacy, and spiritual intimacy. Now these are types. They're not in order. This isn't, uh, you know, six steps. But I do want to say that I do think one of the deepest levels of intimacy is the sixth one I've got there, spiritual intimacy. You know, I... And I've got the physical and sexual. And you kind of say, aren't they the same? No, they're not the same. And some people would, when you talk about intimacy, would only think of number three, sexual intimacy. And I'm saying, these are all different levels of intimacy. Are they interrelated? Absolutely. It's not a, you've got to go from one to six at all. But what I'm saying about these levels of intimacy is that in different relationships you will experience different aspects of this. They're not all the same. I do think that emotional intimacy, I put it as number one, is, is quite a fundamental level of, of, of intimacy in relationship. And I want to say this. You know why I'm saying this? Because if you can't share your emotions with somebody... You're going to be very limited in building intimacy with them. I just, uh, when I was doing some research, one of the articles was about a lady who was really struggling with some body image thoughts, and they were very negative. She, she really had a lot of negative body image thoughts. And she really needed to talk to somebody about it. She didn't know who to. She felt very in insecure about it. And so what happened she ventured to go talk to her sister. And she went and talked to her sister and it was very difficult for her because she was verbalizing things that she felt, negative things she felt about her body that she'd never actually spoken to anybody before. And she didn't know what her sister would say. She didn't know if her sister would rebuke her uh, or how she would respond. Good news is it turned out really well because her sister really listened didn't give her a big fat lecture. And at the end of the day, the relationship between those sisters was strengthened so much because the sister who listened really listened, really endeavored to understand how her sister was feeling about her negative body, body image um, issues. And the relationship was strengthened because of it. Now, I'm saying emotional intimacy. They spoke. There was a lot of negative things the one sister was feeling about her physical body. But she found a place where there was understanding and there was acceptance. Not judgment and lectures and, you know, and, and rejection, possibly, could also experience that. And so, just when I was reading this story... Those two sisters, just through that one bit of sharing some emotional stuff, this is how I feel about my body, their relationship became so much intimacy. They went to a whole new level. And so I want to submit to you, emotional intimacy is, is just so important. Our next two are physical and sexual, and I want to submit to you, they, they are actually different. They can overlap, absolutely. But Jen and I... We reckon it's about 30 years ago. We can't remember exactly. We went on our first date. 
And our first date, I checked with my wife, I can share this. Our first date, we were in Cape Town, we were students in Cape Town, and um, you guys may think this was crazy, but we decided we were going to go and climb Lion's Head together in Cape Town. Now, it's the most spectacular walk. It's, you go right to the top of Lion's Head, you just have mountains behind you, have this 360 view, the ocean's right below you, you see City Bowl, it literally looks like you can put your hand across and touch Table Mount on that side. It's the most stunning walk and it's not too difficult. Um, especially when you, you whatever, 21 years old. <laughs> it was quite easy to do. Now it's our first date and we had, we had been good friends and we were Christians in His People Church in Cape Town. We've been Christian leaders there had been nothing unhealthy in our relationship up to that point. We hadn't crossed any boundaries, etc. We'd never actually physically touched each other in any, hardly in any, any way at all. You know, she was my sister in Christ and I was her brother in Christ. It was healthy and it was good. And as we started walking up, and it's like a Jeep track, the first, as we started walking up, I reached out and I took her hand. The electricity in that woman's hand. It was like a thousand volts went through my hand. Whoa, this is amazing. And she was also like, geez, this guy is plugged into ESCOM or something like that. It was amazing. I have never since held anybody's hand that had so much power in it. There was just something in it. But folks, was it physical? Absolutely. Was it sexual? No. It was a physical touch that, I'll tell you, we, we, we didn't talk for about five minutes. It was just so amazing just to hold this beautiful girl's hand. We didn't need to talk. We experienced physical intimacy. There was nothing sexual about it. It was beautiful. You know, when I was, when I was a kid, we used to have one TV in the house and, and we often used to sort of, um, you know, as a family, sit in front of the TV and uh, something that I used to do, and, and I used to love it, especially in summer as a boy, I often never wore a shirt. And, and my mom still has today these beautiful long nails. And I would sometimes be sitting next to her or whatever, and she would take these beautiful long nails, and she would just scratch my back with these beautiful long nails. Oh my goodness, was that delicious. Anyway, and again, was it physical? Absolutely. Was it any of the other no ways, Jose. And I want to submit to you that there are healthy relationships between people where there can be physical intimacy and it's, it doesn't venture further than just expressing physical affection for the person you are with. Now, sexual, we'll get to it. I'm not going to unpack it now. And definitely there is the realm of sexual intimacy. I want to say intellectual. Intellectual is important in relationships because... I don't think you should get married if you have major differences on things you think about, believe, your values, etc. You know, Jen and I, we were in the same church for a number of years and then we got married. And so because of that, our beliefs, our convictions were so similar that actually we had very little conflict when we first got married. I'm, I'm being honest. And so intellectual intimacy is a beautiful thing. I love having rich, stimulating conversations with people that don't venture into any of the realm, other realms of intimacy. But it is like, wow, that was such a rich, um, 
you know, conversation, and especially when, when you know, what you are saying is being affirmed by the other person, and you're kind of going on the same journey of exploring a thought together. It's just so beautiful. Experiential. Folks, going through things together bonds people like, 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 for example, I've, I've done a couple of doozies. I've actually done six doozy canoe marathons, which is happening Thursday, Friday, Saturday again this week, where guys and girls and, and teens get in canoes and they paddle from Peter Maritzburg to Durban, Durban, 125 Ks over three days, uh, doing about whatever, 140, 130, 40 Ks a day, sorry, 30 to 40 Ks a day. And so it is quite an adventure. This valley, this river, there's lots of um, portaging, which is carrying your canoe. There's, I forget, about 15 k's total of portaging, compulsory portaging, where you've got to get out of the river because it's too rocky to paddle and you've got to go over the valley of a thousand hills with a canoe on your shoulder. Let me say it's tough. It's challenging. The river has some scary rapids in places. You're down in the valley. And I've always done it in a K2, a two-man canoe. I've done it with three different people over the years, six different doozies, different people. The experiential intimacy, the camaraderie, the oneness that we experience down in the valley of fighting this river, getting through rapids, it's, it's just something else. It's just something else going through stuff with people. And it takes time, it requires commitment, it requires faithfulness to relationships for you to build experiential intimacy. It's beautiful. I want to come back to scriptures because this is, and, and spiritual, sorry, spiritual. I just want to say about spiritual. For me, it was so significant. A, a couple in Cape Town, they're now in ministry, they're pastors. Remember hearing their testimony. They only came to the Lord. They'd been married about 10 years or so before they came to the Lord. Before they were married, they lived together. They eventually decided to get married and then, you know, a couple of years later, surrendered their lives to Christ, came to the Lord, and years later went into ministry. And his testimony was this. He said, you know, before we were married, we had sexual intimacy. After we were married, we had sexual intimacy. After we surrendered our hearts to Jesus, our sexual intimacy went to a whole nother level. He said, Comparing sexual intimacy before we'd surrendered our lives to Christ and afterwards was chalk and cheese. You know, you look at these movies of, you know, young people with very skinny, slinky bodies and, you know, they're jumping in and out of bed and they portray like they have it made on the intimacy front. I just want to tell you, haha, Hollywood has it wrong. Hollywood has it wrong. I'm just going to leave it there, okay? My wife's getting nervous right now. Okay, we'll move on. John 17 verse 22 says, Jesus praying for you and me, he says, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them, there's that word in again, and you in me. Folks, that is a verse about intimacy. It's a verse about intimacy with God and I want to submit you with one another. It speaks about a oneness with one another. Look at John 15 verse 4. Jesus says, So you must remain in life union with me. 
many translations use the word abide there. Remember we did the abide series. For I remain in life union with you. Folks, that's intimacy. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. Intimately joined to mine. Folks, intimacy is an invitation from Jesus. This, this scripture, John 15, is about abiding in the vine. It's an invitation to intimacy with the Lord. I said we're going to get back to just talk, look at sexual intimacy a little bit late. And here we go. In his book, Soul Cravings, Erwin Raphael McManus writes, Sex can be the most intimate and beautiful expression of love. But we are only lying to ourselves when we act as if sex is proof of love. Too many men demand sex as proof of love. And too many women have given sex in the hopes of love. We live in a world of users where we abuse each other to dull the pain of aloneness. Can I submit to you that intimacy is the opposite of aloneness? We all long for intimacy and physical contact can appear as intimacy at least for a moment. Folks, physical contact can appear as intimacy for a moment. I want to go on. Just as a garden host pipe is not the source of water, but only transports it, so sex is not the source of intimacy, but an expression of it. No matter how hard you try, if real emotional and spiritual intimacy does not exist before you have sex, it most certainly will not after you have sex. You can't make love, you know the term make love, through sex, but you can definitely express it. What are you saying? Sexual intimacy is an expression of love. Look at what, what he says over here. Look at what he says. If real emotional and spiritual intimacy does not exist before sex, it won't after. You can't make love through sex. You can only express it. And so many people have fallen into this trap of thinking, well, you know, if we just jump into bed, it'll definitely make this relationship better. Folks, often it's exactly the opposite. Because you don't have that foundation of trust and emotional intimacy and, I want to submit to you, spiritual intimacy. Jumping in bed can just destroy the relationship. It's the opposite. The enemy always wants to just mess things up and get us to just get things the wrong way around. It is beautiful in its place. But when it's, when it's the wrong way around, it just messes things up. In Philippians 3, verse 8 to 10, Paul writes, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, 
for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings. Folks, twice he speaks about knowing this yearning to know Christ. Folks, that's intimacy. Paul the Apostle, many people said the most successful Christian, what was the source of his virtue, his power, his authority, his wisdom, the revelation? I want to submit to you. It's he pursued knowing Jesus. He says the, the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And I just want to unpack that for you. I went to go look. This word on the next slide, the surpassing greatness... The, the original word there in the Greek means superior, better, excellent, higher, or supreme. This is the kind of knowing that Paul is talking about. And the Amplified Bible puts it like this. Priceless, the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth, and the supreme advantage of knowing Christ. Are you feeling provoked? I'm like... Tell the guy in front to stop talking. I want to I be intimate with the Lord. And we're getting there. We're getting there. Intimacy with God, I want to submit to you, is knowing Him and being known by Him. Is knowing Him and being known by Him. And folks, in my experience, you will never totally know yourself apart from Christ. He created you. He made you. As you press into knowing Christ you will find out who you truly are. Being known by Him. On the next slide, real intimacy makes us feel alive, like we've been found, as if someone finally took the time to peer into the depths of our soul and really see us there. Until we experience true intimacy, we feel passed over and ignored, like someone is looking right through us. Sharing who we are with others is often not easy. All love is a risk. It can be uncomfortable exposing the deepest parts of ourselves. Thankfully, we don't have to do it all at once because developing intimacy is like peeling an onion. It can happen just a little at a time while trust is developed. Remember I spoke to you about that person who was just exploring this relationship and how much um, can they share with this person, etc. It's a little bit at a time, like peeling an onion as trust is developed. One step at a time. How do you eat an elephant? One step at a time. How do you develop intimacy? One layer at a time. And we were gonna, we, I'm going I'm to stop sharing now. I think you're getting... The gist that the Lord is calling us to intimacy. I didn't realize it was so long ago, about 10 years ago, Jonathan and Melissa Helser released a song called Intimacy. I remember this song so well. Um, I remember a time we were driving and just playing this song. And I'm going to ask that the team play the song. We're going to close with a song. And folks... You're welcome to sit in your seat if you want to stand, if you want to kneel, if you want to just lie prostrate on the ground, you're welcome. But as I ask the team to play the song with lyrics so you can see what it, what, what it says. And I want you, you can look at the lyrics or not, you can sing along if you want to. But this is what the words say. 
these hands you made to hold yours, my love. These feet you shaped to walk with you in our garden. These eyes you placed to gaze upon your face. These lips you formed to kiss my beloved. I was made, I was made for intimacy. These ears you've made to hear your rhythms of love. This voice you placed to sing the songs of grace. This hair you wove, you've numbered every strand. This gaze you love, it captures you with one glance. I was made, I was made for intimacy. Intimacy is what I need. Intimacy is calling me. So what we're going to do, we're going to play this song. Our ashes are bringing out the communion elements. Song's only five minutes, folks. I want to ask you just to have an intimate moment with the Lord. We've got communion elements in the front here. We've also got them on the table at the back there. If you want to grab communion elements and just have intimacy with the Lord, it's up to you. Let's just have a moment with the Lord. Thank you, Cynthia. Thank you, Einstein. Lord, thank you for this open invitation, Lord. Lord, we want to say yes to intimacy every day, Lord. As Roland Baker's friend said, yes to you every day, Lord. And Lord, thank you that every day we come, Lord, there's another layer of, of the onion, Lord, that we, can, that we can remove, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can come to you Lord, as Adam and Eve did, Lord, in the beginning, naked and unashamed, Lord. Lord, you see it all in any case, Lord. We can't hide anything from you. I just pray that we would know this love, Lord. This love that compelled you to leave the glories of heaven, Lord. To come down to earth and die on a cross, Lord. To remove every hindrance every bit of guilt, every bit of shame, every bit of condemnation, every lie, to bring healing to every wound, Lord. I just release that healing virtue now, Lord. Restore relationship, restore intimacy, Lord. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. God bless you, folks. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit our website at www.hispeoplepmb.co.za and for more of our messages, visit our YouTube and SoundCloud channels as well as other podcast platforms. If you would like to contact us, please email us at hispeoplepmb at gmail.com or send a message to 61 0877. To join us for in-person services, visit us at 154 Burkett Road, Scottsville, Peter Maritzburg.
We hope to see you soon. God bless you.